Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give, and there's no regular commitment. Just click the link in the show description to support now. Welcome to Fresh Encounter, the radio ministry of Lifelong Anointing Church. Our mission as a church is to equip the body of Christ to increase in wisdom and in stature, and in favor with God and with men. We're glad that you joined us for this edition of the broadcast. It is our prayer that this broadcast will be a blessing to you. Here now is Pastor Otuno with today's message. John chapter 13, we're reading from verse number 18 through to verse number 30. John John 13, 18 through to 30. Father, we ask that, Lord, you bless your word, even as we look into it tonight, in Jesus' name. Verse number 18. I speak not, I speak not of you all. I know whom I have chosen, but that the scripture may be fulfilled. He that eateth bread with me has lifted up his heels against me. Now I tell you before it come, that when it come, when it's, when it come to pass, ye shall believe that I am he. Verily, verily, I say unto you, he that receiveth whomsoever I send receiveth me, and he that receiveth me receiveth him that sent me. When Jesus has thus said, he was troubled in spirit and testified and said, Verily, verily, I say unto you, that one of you shall betray me. Then the disciples look one to another, doubting of whom he spake. Now there was there was leaning on Jesus' bosom one of his disciples whom Jesus loved. Simon Peter therefore beckoned to him that he should ask who it should be of whom he spake. Then he then he then lying on Jesus' breast said unto him, Lord, who is it? Jesus answered. He it is to whom I shall give a sop when I have dipped it. And when he had dipped the sop, he gave it to Judas Iscariot, the son of Simon. And after the sop, Satan entered into him. Then he said, then said Jesus unto him, that, 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 that thou dost do quickly. Now no man at the table knew for what intent he spake this unto him. For some of them thought, because Judas had the bag, that Jesus had said, to, said unto him, Buy those things which we have need of against the feast, or that he should give something to the poor. Then having received the sock, went immediately out, and it was night. May the Lord bless the reading of his words in Jesus' name. Now, from this verse of the scripture, we see a couple of things there. The first thing we see is that there was an impending betrayal that Jesus was talking about. That is verse number 18 and verse number 21. We saw that Jesus was, his disciples was asking him who is going to betray him. In verse number 26, we see that Jesus Christ gave Judas Iscariot an opportunity to change his mind. But Judas went ahead in verse number 30 to launch into the action that will start the betrayal process. Now, for a number of weeks now, we have been talking about the power of the or the spirit that influences some of the characters in the Bible. Okay, please note that some of the some of the some of the some of the things that we see in scripture, though they might not be with us today. 
some of the individuals we see, somebody we might not see, they might not be alive with us right now, but so the influence, the power that influences those particular characters, those particular power are still very much with us today. And we see, for example, you have heard about you have heard about uh, the personality called Pharaoh. Pharaoh is no longer with us today, but we have the spirit of Pharaoh that is still with us. And what is the spirit of Pharaoh? It is the spirit that is opposed. It is the spirit that is a, a stubborn pursuer. The spirit that will pursue somebody to the point of destruction. He pursued the children of Israel even to the point that he himself died in the Red Sea. That is the spirit of Pharaoh. The spirit of the stubborn pursuer. We have no Herod. There is no longer Herod in our midst right now. But the spirit of Herod is still very much with us. And what is the spirit of Herod? It is the spirit that kills good things at infancy. That was the spirit that was looking for Jesus to destroy Jesus Christ. That was the spirit that killed a lot of infants just because he was looking for the Lord Jesus Christ. So the spirit of Herod is the spirit that does what? That kills good things in his infancy. We also know about what is called Goliath. We don't have Goliath anymore. But there's a spirit of Goliath. And what is the spirit of Goliath? It is the boasting spirit that is trying to hinder the people of God from getting to where they need to get to. And that was the spirit that was boasting until, you know, that was boasting against David saying that it's going to destroy David. So the spirit, some of these things may have been gone, long gone. Their days might have been gone in the days of the scriptures. But most of the spirit, most of the power, most of the influence behind those characters, they are still very much alive today. And that is why we're looking at some of these things. So today, we're looking at another spirit called the spirit of Judas. The spirit of Judas. Before we begin to talk about the spirit of Judas, let's first of all understand who this character called Judas is. Who is Judas? The Bible tells that Judas was one of the twelve. If you read the book of uh, in the book of Luke. Luke chapter 6, reading from verse number 12, you see that Judas was one of the 12. Judas was one of the people who ministered along the Lord Jesus Christ. When they were feeding the 5,000, when they were feeding the 5,000 with the two fish of, uh, two, lo- two, two piece of fish and five loaves of bread, Judas was there handing out food. Okay? When Jesus sent out the two by two to go and preach the gospel, Jesus, uh, Judas was one of them. When Jesus told them that, they, when Jesus gave them power over Satan's and over, de- over demons, Judas received that power also. When the disciples came back and reported Lord Jesus Christ, that we saw set out fall before us. Judas was one of those people also who came and reported that, you know, who was able to do great things in ministry. In other words, Judas sat with the Lord Jesus Christ. Judas ate with the Lord Jesus Christ. Judas did ministry with the Lord Jesus Christ. Judas had the opportunity that very few people in that time had. Judas had stayed side by side with the Lord Jesus Christ. Judas was even trusted to the extent that he was given the back. In other words, he was the treasurer of the ministry of our Lord Jesus Christ. When they collected all the money, they gave it to Judas. That's not tell you that guy how good the guy was. He was such, he was, he was so close. He had a responsibility in ministry. He sat with the Lord. He did everything with the Lord Jesus Christ. This was who this particular Judas. That is the kind of person he was. But because of his closeness, because of his closeness to the Savior, Jesus, uh, Judas, like the rest of the apostles, had the opportunity to be one of the old, one of the one of the few in the old, you know, one of the few people in the Bible whose name would have been in the foundation of New Jerusalem. Because of his proximity with the Lord Jesus Christ, he would have had an enduring ministry. Because of his proximity with the Lord Jesus Christ, he would have been one of the few church fathers that we had. When they are talking about the 12 disciples of our Lord Jesus Christ or the 12 apostles of the Lord Jesus Christ, Judas would have been there. But he lost that position to Matthias. Okay? When we are talking about people who actually sacrificed to build or to, to, to father the, the, the church that we have today, Judas' name would have been right there. Judas had that opportunity. But the problem was that Judas lost that opportunity. The question is why? 
Why did Judas lose that opportunity? Or how did Judas lose that opportunity? What happened to Judas? A man who was so close to the Lord Jesus Christ. A man who ate with the Lord Jesus Christ. A man who did ministry with the Lord Jesus Christ. In fact, if you read the book of Mark chapter 1, the Bible said that when Jesus Christ went up to the mountain, he called those people who he wanted to himself, and then he gave them power to go and minister, to heal and to deliver. So this man had the healing ministry. He had the deliverance ministry. He was a man who had the power of God rested upon him. That was who Judas was. Yeah. A man who actually walked with the power and the anointing of the Almighty God because Jesus Christ gave it to him. That was that kind of person. But the Bible says that Judas eventually became the son of perdition. What happened? How can you go from ministering the power of the Almighty God to becoming the son of perdition? How can you go from exercising the authority over demons and seeing Satan fall in your presence and becoming somebody who will commit suicide? How do you make that kind of transition? What happened in that person's life? Well, there are certain things that the scripture showed us. Certain things in the Bible that the Lord Almighty showed us so that we can see who this individual called Judas was. If you look at the book of John chapter 6, John chapter 6, reading from verse number 64, John 6, 64, the Bible tells us there, but there are some of you that believe not. For Jesus knew from the beginning who they were that believed not and who should betray him. In other words, Judas, though he was walking with the Lord, though he had a relationship with the Lord, Judas never believed Christ. Because the Bible says that Jesus already knew that some of these guys don't believe him. So it is very possible for you to do ministry. It is very possible for you to walk in the anointing and do a lot of miracles and still not believe in the Lord Jesus Christ. Because we saw it here in the life of Judas. So, number one, Judas was a man who never believed God. Number two, Judas was a man who stole from the treasury. Look at John chapter 12. John chapter 12, reading from verse number 6, the Bible tells us there, he said, this he said, not that he cared for the poor, but because he was a thief, and that he, ba- and he had the bag and, were, and bear what was put therein. In other words, every now and then he would take one or two things in the bag. I mean, you had the bag, there was no accounting at that time. I mean, there was no IRS to look at the ministry of our Lord Jesus Christ to see who was stealing. So, Judas could do whatever he wanted. And Judas was the accountant. He was the one keeping the money. And because I'm sure there was no auditing at that time. So the man just kept on taking money and taking what he wanted. The Bible says that apart from the fact that he did not believe, number two, uh, Judas was a thief because he stole from the treasury. Number three, Judas was a man who never shared the vision and the mission of our Lord Jesus Christ. Look at from verse number one to number eight. The Bible tells us that when Mary was, you know, when Mary took a pound of ointment and it was and was anointing the Lord Jesus Christ, Judas thought that was a waste. But Jesus Christ saw it as a different thing. Jesus saw it as he as a person who was doing service unto him. But Judas saw it as an individual who was wasting. He said, "You can sell that and give it to the poor." So this man never shared the mission or the vision of our Lord Jesus Christ. Number four, Judas was a man who looked for opportunities to betray Christ. In other words, it was not something that just happened unto him. It was not something that he just, you know, that the Pharisees were looking. He was the one that sought a way to betray the Lord Jesus Christ. Look at Matthew chapter 26. Matthew chapter 26, reading from verse number 14. Matthew 26, reading from verse number 14, you will see there. Matthew 26. 26 14. The Bible tells us that one of the twelve, called Judas Iscariot, went unto the chief priests and said unto them, What will you give me that and I will deliver him unto you? And they covenanted with him for 30 pieces of silver. In other words, they were not looking for him. 
they were not asking. They did not come and send their missionaries to Judas and say, Judas, are you, are you, are you in a position to betray the Lord Jesus Christ? No. Judas was the one that volunteered himself. Judas was the one that looked for the opportunity. Judas was the one who said, okay, here is a guy. I have worked with him. I understand this guy and I can give him over to you. So apart from the fact that he did not believe in Jesus Christ, he did not share, you know, he stole from the treasury. He did not share his mission. He looked for opportunity to betray the Lord Jesus Christ. Not only that, Judas carefully planned that particular betrayal. Judas planned that betrayal. Mark chapter 10. Sorry, Mark chapter 14. Mark chapter 14, reading from verse number 10. Mark 14, reading from verse number 10. Mark 14, reading from verse number 10, the Bible tells us there, and Judas is carried one of the twelve who went unto the chief priest and be, uh, to betray him unto them. And they had, uh, and when they had it, they, they, they were glad and promised to give him money and he sought how he might conveniently betray him. Mm-hmm. So it was not something that happened by accident. It was not something that was, you know, that was as a mistake or, or something that uh, he may make, when he had a lapse of judgment, he was angry at what Jesus did, what Jesus did a particular day. He said, because of my anger, I took a decision. Let me go and tell the chief priest that, you know, no. The Bible says that he sought for a convenient time that he would betray Christ. So Judas was not just a person who looked for opportunity to betray Christ. He was the one who carefully planned the betrayal of our Lord Jesus Christ. Judas was a pretender who went along. A man who never believed the Lord Jesus Christ. A man who never believed in the, in the mission of our Lord Jesus Christ, but continually went along with the Lord Jesus Christ. Judas was also, Judas never belonged and he never believed, but he was, you know, he was never convinced that Jesus was the Savior. But he kept on following him. And there are many in the church today who do not believe in the Lord Jesus Christ, who are not convinced of the mission of the church. They do not believe that the word of God, that the Bible is the word of God. They do not believe in the teachings of our Lord Jesus Christ. They do not believe that a man must be born again for him to be able to enter into the kingdom of God. They do not believe that without holiness, no man will see the Lord. They do not believe all these things, and yet they preach the gospel. And yet they stand and they say they are representing Christ. They do everything opposed to the word of God, and yet they continue to walk with the Almighty God. If you do that, the spirit of Judas is already operation in that person's life and that is what we see in the church today that is what we see in the church today so so you see Judas was able to do all these things and you know still continue to minister the Lord Jesus Christ you know the, the Lord Jesus Christ kept on giving opportunity and opportunity and yet Judas kept on doing the things that he was doing he was never a part of the team he was never convinced about the mission of the team he never saw Jesus you know, he saw Jesus as an opportunity to make profit. That was the only reason why he was working with him. There are men in the church, like I said, who keep doing that Jesus is doing today. They are in the church, but they are not part of the church. They are they speak the language of the church, but the the the, 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 the spirit that built the church has not transformed their lives. They walk with the Lord God Almighty, but they don't know the God that they are walking with. That is why the Paul the Apostle said that they ever learning, but never coming to the knowledge of the truth. In other words, they know how to say big sounding words, but the power that is in that particular word is not revealed through them. They call upon the Lord with their mouth, but their heart is far away. For anyone in that condition, like I said, the spirit of Judas is already in operation in that life. So what is the spirit of Judas? Number one, it is the spirit that associates but does not belong. 
That is the spirit of Judas. The spirit that associates with somebody but never belongs to that person. Never releases themselves to that person. Number two, the spirit of Judas is the spirit that pretends to be what it is not. The spirit of Judas is the spirit that pilfers from the house of God. It steals from the house of God. Either it steals people, it steals ideas, it steals resources, it steals the anointing, it steals the the blessings of God, but it never puts back into it. It is the spirit that pilfers from the house of God. It is the spirit that opposes the purposes of God. It is the spirit that greed, that seeks for greedy gains. It is the spirit that schemes for personal gains. That is the spirit of Judas. It is the spirit that betrays, that backstab and violates trusts. It is the spirit that wastes opportunity. It is the spirit that wastes the access. It is the spirit that wastes the grace of God. It is the spirit that allows you to interact with greatness. That allows you to interact with the Son of God. That allows you to come into the presence of the Almighty God, but never benefits. There are people who come to church under the great anointing of the Holy Spirit and yet never receives a blessing. There are people who have access to the throne of grace, but they pray and they never get answers. There are people who see God move in the house of God, but yet they are not changed. Your heart is not moved. That is the spirit of Judas. The spirit that accesses the presence of the Son of God, but yet it is not transformed from the within. The spirit that is not touched by the grace of God. The spirit that is not moved by the power of the resurrected Christ. That is the spirit of Judas. But most importantly, it is the spirit of perdition. The spirit that puts a man on a particular road. Whereby all his attention and all his, uh, all his, all the ears is deaf to the warning of the Spirit. It is the Spirit that puts a man, that, continue, that allows a man to continue to indulge in a particular behavior that leads to destruction but never see reasons to turn back. That is the Spirit of perdition. And that is the Spirit of, you know, that is the Spirit of Judas. A Spirit that allows a man to continue to do what they know is wrong, but yet they keep going on, regardless of the grace of God that is shown unto them. The question is, how do you deal with the spirit of Judas? How do you deal with the spirit of Judas? The Bible tells us in the book of Jeremiah chapter 17. Jeremiah 17 verse 19 tells us, The heart is deceitful above all things and desperately wicked. Who can know it? Then in Proverbs chapter 14 from verse number 23, the Bible tells us, Keep your heart with all diligence, for out of it comes the issue of life. How then do you deal with the spirit of Judas? Number one, you deal with the spirit of Judas by taking care of your heart. What is inside your heart? Yes. The Bible tells us that they draw to me with their lips, but their heart is far away from me. In other words, there is something the Lord is looking for. The Lord is looking for your heart. Where is your heart? We might be in church, but where is our heart? We might be serving Him, but where is our heart? We might be calling upon His name, but where is our heart? You have to be able to guard your heart if you are going to deal with the spirit of Judas. If you are going to conquer the spirit of Judas, you have to be able to deal, guard your heart. You guard what you allow to come in. You guard what you entertain. You guard what you meditate on. You guard the influences of your heart. The things that you allow to interact with your heart. You have to guard it or else you will expose it to the things that are not supposed to be there. I'm sure Judas at one point in time thought that it was a fun thing. I thought Judas must have probably thought that I can manage it, I can handle it, until his heart became what? Completely straight away. So you have to guard your heart if you are going to deal with the spirit of Judas. Number two, you have to be true to yourself. You have to be true to yourself. One of the worst things that can happen to any man is self-deception. When you look at yourself and you lie to yourself. Okay? 
And that is why I always tell people here, if you are not so good looking, just say you are not so good looking. <laughs> we can all understand. If you are fat, say you are fat. If you are short, say you are short. If you are tall, say you are tall. If you are skinny, say you are skinny. The problem is that when you don't pronounce things, when you don't call things the way they are, what happens is that you lose the meaning of what it is. Because there's a reason why certain words are defined the way they are defined. When you don't call things by their real name, what happens is that you never get the real impact, the real meaning of what it is there. When you have to be true to yourself, you have to be true to yourself. When you are, when you are lying to yourself, I tell you there is no worse deception in life than to lie, for that particular, lie to an individual. Maybe as time goes on, I will do a particular series on deception. The origin of deception so that we can understand what it means to be deceived. Mm. To be deceived. The Bible says that we are taken away when we want, when we lost, when, when we follow the lust of our own heart. And he said, What are the three key areas of deception? It is the lust of the eyes, the lust of the flesh, and the pride of life. Those are the three key areas. And those are the same area if you look all through the scriptures, all the people who are falling, those are the three areas. You look at you look at Eve, it is the lust of the eyes, the lust of the flesh, and the pride of life. You look at David, the lust of the eyes, the lust of the flesh, and the pride of life. The issue of truth, being being true to yourself, is for you to be able to open up yourself. Lord, here I am. I cannot hide from you. David finally realizes when he said, "There's no way I can run away from you." So, if you are going to guard yourself against the spirit of the, the spirit of uh, Judas, you have to first of all guard your heart. Number two, be true to yourself, and number three, pray against the spirits of hypocrisy and self-deception. The spirit of hypocrisy and self-deception. One of the biggest trouble Jesus had with any group of people was with the group of Pharisees. And the reason was very simple. He just simply could not stand those people, their hypocrisy. He couldn't stand it. Self-deception and few hypocrisy. They go about accept, uh, behaving as if they are, the, they are the only people. They don't walk on the ground. You know, it's like they don't eat. It's, it's, I mean, it's like, it's like these guys are just something else. And Jesus looked at them and he could see through them. And because he could see through them, he called them out at every opportunity. You have to pray against the spirit of hypocrisy, the spirit of self-deception. And in every one of us, there is a tendency for it. For those who have been close to me already, I for a long time, I used to say something. The people who are outside of the church and the people who are inside the church, there is really no difference. The only difference between the two of them is the grace of God. The fact that somebody can do something outside of the church and you are not doing it, it's not because you cannot do it, it's not because you are not capable of doing it, it's just because of the grace of God. If you take away that grace of God from your life, you are capable of doing exactly the same thing. We are all capable of stealing, we are all capable of lying, we are all capable of cheating, we are all capable of hypocrisy. The thing is that the grace of God is the one that restricts and takes away those things from our life. And that is why you have to pray that the grace of God will be sufficient for you in every situation of life so that you don't become... What Paul the Apostle said that lest you take heed, take heed, lest who let you, you know, lest you fall when you think you are standing. Because when you think you are already standing, when you think that you are above a particular kind of sin, that is when you are actually susceptible to that particular sin. So pray against the spirit of hypocrisy and self-deception. Check your love for money and personal gain. Yeah. Because that is one of the biggest issues that, they, that, that, that uh, Judas had. The love of money and personal gain. Having money is not a pro, it's not the issue. Because if you don't have money, there are so many things you cannot do. You cannot preach the gospel if you don't have the money. But the love of money, the Bible says, is the root of all evil. The love of money. The Bible says that he that loves increase will not be satisfied. He that loves gain will not be satisfied with increase. In other words, if what you are interested in is the possession of it, if the spirit of mammon gets hold of you, then you are in trouble. 
It's not the possession of the money. It's the love of that particular money. So check your love for money and personal gains. Because when you open yourself in that particular area, then the spirit of the spirit of Judas can easily come in. And finally, do not hide before the Almighty God. I can bet you, I don't know, the Bible did not say so, but I can bet you that if Judas had gone to the Lord Jesus Christ and said, Lord, I have a problem. I steal from the money that these people are contributing. I take some of them to go and buy whatever I need to buy. I do this particular thing. I even have a tendency, I have that urge to betray you to that. If G- if Judas had come to the Lord Jesus Christ, I am sure Jesus would have prayed for him just like he prayed for uh, prayed for Peter when he says, Satan, see, Satan desires you, but I have prayed for you. Because he could see it in the heart of the, he could see it in the heart of Peter that Peter had that element of being proud. Peter had that element of being boisterous. Peter had that element of being you know, you know full of uh, impetuous. But Jesus understood that. And because Peter was open, Jesus was able to intervene. If you hide from the Almighty God, you only hide into your own destruction. You only hide into your destruction because God will see it. God will see it. If Judas had opened himself up to the Almighty God, had come before him in confession, had told him that this is what is going on. I mean, it is. It's. I don't know. That's why the deception of sin is very interesting. Because how, when a man Judas, you are standing in the presence of Jesus Christ. Okay, and every time Jesus keeps telling you, This is what's going to happen, this is what's going to happen, this is what's going to happen. Jesus will speak to the tree, you are standing there, he said it will dry, and it didn't dry up. Jesus took fish, multiplied it in your presence, you saw it. People were dead, he raised them from the dead. You were there during when he raised up Lazarus, you were there when he raised up the daughter of Jairus. You saw all these things, and you think you are going to get away with him by betraying him. I mean, <laughs> it just doesn't make sense, but that was what he did. If you are going to deal with the spirit of Judas, you have to open yourself up to the Almighty God. Yeah. And that's what the psalmist says. He says, where can I run away from you? If I'm under the ground, you are there. If I go to the sky, you are there. Anywhere I go, you are there. The only way you can deal with this spirit of Judas is to be open and say, Lord, here I am. Yeah. I have this issue, so God. Father, help me. And that's why the Bible says that he that covers his sin shall not prosper. But he that confesses that particular sin shall find forgiveness. He said, if we confess our sin, he's able, and, you know, he's able to forgive and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. But it comes, first of all, with that exposure. We have to expose ourselves to him and say, Lord, here I am. Here I am. Cleanse me, O God. I have this problem. I have this issue. The fact that you are tempted is not the sin. It's you falling, it's you allowing that temptation to take root and to begin to act out that temptation. That's where the problem is. But you can cut it off today by opening yourself and say, Lord, here I am. Have mercy upon me. Deliver me, O God. I have this issue, I have that issue. And today, oh God, I want us to talk to the Almighty God. There are several things that are going on in our lives as individuals. Thoughts that should not be there. Actions that we should not be taking that we are taking. Relationship that we are we are not supposed to be in that we are in right now. There are so many things in our individual lives that are not supposed to be as a child of God. We want to talk to the Almighty God and just say, Lord, purge me, oh God. Purge me, oh God. Here I am, oh God, I open up myself unto you. And I'm asking the Father in the name of Jesus, help me, oh God. Let's open our mouth and just talk to the Almighty God. Thank you very much for listening to our program today. We invite you to join us every Sunday at 10 a.m. for our Sunday worship service at 2711 Murfreesboro Road in Antioch, Tennessee. We also host Bible study and prayer meetings every Friday at 7 p.m. 
We invite you to join us for our monthly Fresh Encounter Prayer Conference every last Saturday of the month from 12 noon until 3 p.m. Visit us online at www.lifelonganointing.com and on Facebook, Twitter, and YouTube. Join us next time for another edition of Fresh Encounter. On behalf of Lifelong Anointing Church, we thank you for listening. Thank you.